And yeah, and it's gotten to the point now where you just kind of notice where that's an exception. Like one of the things, um, like, you know, you play like just to take a, a big brown modern game, you know, you play through Skyrim and most of it is just, you know, brown and white for the entire game. And then you end up in that, the area full of mushrooms under, underground. Mm-hmm. The name, name is escaping me. And every, you know, everyone loves it. And I, including myself, like it looks so neat. And the reason why is it just a totally new color palette and everything. Whereas this used to be, at very least, in Earthbound is kind of the standard. Like they do this trick many times. Right. And uh, it's there's a, a, a YouTube link or an article online about uh, movies and the color orange mm-hmm. now, and about how everything is orange. Oh, is it the, the time the, to shine? The blue, the blue to orange uh, shift on uh, on 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 posters, or is this different? This um this is like uh it's not specifically to posters okay. um it, it is a lot of scenes from movies and stuff that are they're just uh, everything is orange like everything has this orange cast to it now right and uh, that that getting away from that sameness can only be a good thing right so no the 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 the, the blue to orange gradient like on on posters to to just kind of like take that away it's kind of like the FedEx arrow where once you notice that that is a design convention you're never going to unsee it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I will. Both will end up in the show notes. So, <laughs> yeah. I will investigate that, and everyone can investigate all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this is this this is great. It took like screenshots of it. It was so good. Um, that's the nice part about playing this on an emulator. You can blow it up to a really big size, and you can take good screenshots of stuff. Yeah, so it makes me wish I still. I, I had a job where I worked for a, a, the copier program at a university, and something I would really frequently do is just find high res images of things and print them out. Um, even at like eight and a half by 11, but oftentimes at 11 by 17. And I made myself a couple of really big fallout posters, nice. um, and everything. And I wish that I still had that job because I would have uh, tons of Moonside and, uh, Lumine Hall posters <laughs> up right now. Epic level David Bowie trilogy, uh, trivia, Tri- trivia, epic level David Bowie trilogy is a game I want to play. <laughs> um, okay. Short and sweet. Sweet. Remix. Sweet. Remix. But I just, I, like, I always, I was like, I, someday I was like, oh, I wonder why sperm whales are called that. Yeah. And looked it up, and it really doesn't explain why you would still call it a sperm whale. Like, I guess if I saw an animal and it was just covered with sperm all the time, I would use that as a name for it. But I would like to think I would come up with something a little bit less direct. Hey. Just sperm plus whale. Hey, Sega? Like, get off your ass and put out Seaman on the 3DS. They're, they're doing it. What? Yeah, it's coming out. Or a sequel to it. It's coming out. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I'll insert a bunch of record scratch noises. <laughs> what? Is Leonard Nimoy coming back? Um, I don't know. Let me uh, link you the thing and I'll cut all this. Okay. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a trailer for it already out. Holy shit. Which I have not watched, um, but it was I was reading the Wikipedia on Seaman, uh huh. Because why wouldn't I? <laughs> and the, <laughs> You're looking up um, sperm whale, so why not? <laughs> the um, for other uses, find Seaman disembogation. Seaman <laughs> uh, video game, yeah. And then a sequel called Seaman Two was released on the PlayStation Two. A port or sequel to the game will be coming to the 3DS. Holy shit! Wow. Yeah. Yep, yep, I'm on top of that. That and when the new uh, Nine Hours, Nine Doors, Nine Persons comes out. Yeah. That'll be when I get a 3DS. Yeah, it'll push you over the edge. Yep. With good with good cause. Definitely. Uh, uh, <laughs> I forget what even took us down that road, but send that to me, because that 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will, uh, here, let me, I was uh, just the Wikipedia for Seaman. Okay. So, and so, yeah. yeah, it doesn't have very much information about the sequel, just that it's planned. But I guess there's a trailer, which I haven't watched yet, that okay. pops up just with Google, so I have to check that out. Nice. Um, right. Like, one of my all-time favorite boss fights, like, of, of all time. I'm trying to think of things that match it. For some reason, it kind of reminds me a little bit. The way that it's something where the, the ending and beating is kind of a foregone conclusion. It's more of like a story, like a cutscene that is done through play. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a little bit of the ending of Crisis Core, which is not an amazing game, but has an amazing ending. Um, if you've never uh, played it and plan to, um, you know, fast forward 30 seconds, but the ending of this game, like your, your cloud and your mind is breaking down while enemies assault you and you maintain control. So you can keep fighting them off. But as you go, you get more and more worn down and your brain starts breaking more and more. And like the screen becomes more distorted and the music starts fucking up and you become worse at fighting until inevitably you just have to die. Right. And it happens in game. Like it's an in-game failure, you know, using the same control engine as the game. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And that's a little bit what this reminded me of, just like a, what's essentially a story scene, but done through mechanics, and that, that right. much more powerful because of that. And it's not just a straight-up puzzle boss. It's not like the stereotypical ending of a Final Fantasy, you know, like, you know, use Omni Slash dummy. Like, right. the first two phases, you're actually doing damage to this thing, but once you reveal its final, true, incomprehensible form, mm-hmm. then it becomes that story, you know, cutscene as gameplay kind of thing. Yeah. So, so it's not entirely a cop-out. Um, this is going to be a bit of a, of a digression. Have you played Metal Gear Solid 2? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, it asks you to enter your name at the beginning of it. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, I remember there was some kind of, there, there was some kind of like contest to get your name on like some kind of dog tag in the, mm-hmm. in the game. Like, you know, I, I, you collect dog tags from enemies by doing submissions on them. Um, at the very end of the game, like when Raiden looks down at his dog tag and sees what is like, you know, like, oh, what's his real name? It said Cole. And I freaked the fuck out. I was like, holy shit, did yeah. I win that contest? Like, no, no, you entered your name, you dumb fuck. Yeah. But like, well, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I really like Metal Gear Solid 2. Oh, I think it's so game good. Was really underrated. Like, the, the middle, the saggy middle part with all, you know, going from strut to strut on the, the, you know, floating oil tanker thing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember very much, but the ending of that game is incredible. So good. Like even, yeah. even with the stuff they had to cut out, I think that, I think that it's a travesty, like what kind of reputation that game has gotten. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I haven't played uh, four yet, but everything I hear about four makes, I'm like, I wonder why that game, you know, is so well lauded. Cause four sounds bad to me. I haven't played it though. Have you, have you played four? Oh uh, yes, I, I, I have played four. Um, I rented a PS3 actually to play it when it first came out. Um, how, how is four? Uh, four is utterly incomprehensible unless you played and understood two. So as an extension of the storyline of two, I liked it. Um, and as, and as kind of this piece of interactive fiction, I liked it as a game. It's, it's, it's balls. Like, like just at like, it's like they forgot everything they learned from, from Metal Gear Solid three. So, you know, it happens in Care Bears as well. (laughs) <laughs> there, at the end of the first Care Bears movie, the Care Bears reach out to the person watching the screen well, yeah, and ask them to, to you know, hope. I mean, it's a it's a trope, it's but it's just, again like it's it's nothing original, just used really really well here. Right. Yeah. And the fact that it's like a game makes it a little bit different than a movie. You know, the mm-hmm. fact that I have been controlling this character and have uh, been di- dictating his actions makes it a little bit stronger than the Care Bears version mm-hmm. of it. It's like, it's like at the end of Ferris Bueller when you know you stayed after the credits and he tells you to go home. You know, it's kind of yeah. like, why are you wasting your life here? That kind of thing. 
Or the end of uh, Gremlins, where at the end he tells you when you go home to check your cabinets for Gremlins and scares the ever-living shit <laughs> out of, like, eight-year-old me. Um, like, in Terrified. It was the first movie I ever seen. I ran screaming out of the theater. Like, no, no joke. First movie I saw in the theater. And uh, just screamed and cried and sprinted as far away from the screen as possible. Um, had to be ran down by my parents. That's funny. Yeah. But. But I, I, I didn't spend a lot of time doing this. I spent a little bit of time walking around, partly because I had the same bike problem that Cole had, and partly because I marathoned this and the end, it was a work night. So I, you know, I got to the end and I also, um, was intending to, so I, I saved a state, you know, did a save state, but I didn't do it in the right place. So I would have had to fight Gigas again. I was just tired and going to bed. So I feel bad. I didn't spend that much time doing this. Right. But, uh, but I mean, anybody who was who who was on the way, anybody who was convenient to me, I, I I talked to them and got my own, you know, little little version of that story. All the enemies are gone, so you can't fight anybody, mm-hmm. um, which makes you know w- would have expedited that. But I get the sense that you could spend a lot of time going around and yeah. talking to everybody new. And if I had played this when it came out, I would have definitely visited everything. Yeah, there's no way I wouldn't have explored this to its end. I earned this. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and that's really the end of Earthbound is that feeling of like earning, you know, I talk about how I'm, I'm glad I didn't have an ambivalent ending. It's because I felt like I earned, you know, and the characters earned this kind of like this happily ever after, mm-hmm. you know, it felt right. It did. Yeah. Um, that, I guess that's, I, I think that there's a choice at the end. Like you can either choose to bring Paula home to your mom or to drop her off at her house or something. Mm, I don't think so. No, I think that she wants to go. I think I tried to go back home and she wants to go back home. Oh, yeah. I might be wrong about that, but hmm. I, I remember that. And she says she's going to call you and stuff. She just lives a couple of towns over. Ness has a little, you know, a little girlfriend, yeah. which is sweet yeah. for this, this one area. Okay. You know, probably a lot of it. And I think some of it actually comes from, and this came up uh, a couple of times in comments where people are talking about how the game is being intentionally subversive about mechanics, you know, and they're saying, oh, you know, the all the constant roadblocks to foresight are intentional troll on behalf of the right the game developers. I don't necessarily believe that. No. To, to that degree, but I think there's maybe a little bit of some of the, the choices were maybe just to be quirky. Um things that made the actual gameplay less fun um were were quirks, uh, you know, just spoofs and goofs. <laughs> and that and that's all well and good. But I'll add it up with the fact that just that, you know, the balance, like the, the linearity of the game is just broken. You know, I think back to um, RPG Maker, which, you know, was one of the only insights into the mechanics of making a game. And you have different level up um, lines you can choose for your character on the latest PC one that I played. You choose like a level up progression. Mm-hmm. And these characters, you know, you level up, you get random stuff. Like you can sit there and grind for for 15 minutes and get a level up that's plus one speed. You know, it just, it seems, it just seems random and, and clumsy, right. that part of it. Um, but it, it doesn't matter. You know, if, if this, if this had like the, like the, like a more solid engine to it with that, I just, the heights that it could, it could, I don't think that would take away from it. Right. You know, at all. And then just, that would be incredible. Right. You know, this isn't, it isn't a huge, it isn't a huge deal. Like, again, I, I love the game. I just wish that it was a little bit fixed. And one of the comments that we got talks about, um, the third game, which doesn't have nearly as much personality, but fixes a lot of the gameplay problems. Mm-hmm. And like, I might give it a try at some point, but honestly, that's a little bit less interesting to me than something that was, you know, a different singular expression of, of personality and still had these, these niggling problems, yeah. you know? I'm still left wanting to play the, to play Mother 3, though. 
like like severely. I, I've never I've never heard that it had less personality. I just it's kind of yeah, like I, the I, fruit angle. That's hearsay. I, I have no idea whether it's actually true. Right. Um, do you have any interest in going back to the first one? Not really, no. Because <laughs> because <laughs> I get the sense that it's going to be just as or if not more broken than this. Yeah, you know, probably the case. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not ready for a newer JRPG anytime soon, but um, I definitely will probably check out some other games in the series. Yeah, um, and Smash Brothers will be more fun for me now. <laughs> these characters and these items mean something. Well, why, why do they call it PK Thunder instead of instead of you know Psy Thunder? It's I, I weird, right? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. And it's, it's not psychokinetic. It's like psychoelectric. Right. You know. Hmm. Um, Where's Nick Scryer when you need him? <laughs> you know, he's okay, off, Ness. Uh, <laughs> you're on the road to nowhere, Ness. Um, TK heads. Um, <laughs> kind of interestingly, I and I will we'll get to Sazon's comment in a moment. The uh, I read about the difference in the translation in this game, um, and. The, uh, there's a part where Pokey, after that meteor part, in the, in the original, either an early version of the game or the Japanese version, where he asks Ness if they can be friends, and Ness mm-hmm. says no, and that's what sets him on this path. Right. Like, it was just, you know, Ness not, you know, being mean to this, like, unpopular fat, presumably smelly, like, we can just kind of assume Pokey smells like <laughs> fucking, you know, weird cheese. He's taking bumps like, everywhere, so. <laughs> he's shitting outdoors. He's one of those kids. Do you watch Louie? Uh, yes, but I haven't seen an awful lot of the recent episodes. In one of the episodes, he watches a kid who is exactly Pokey. (laughs) I'm I'm not kidding. Like, down to, I mean, there's no spoilers for Louis, like the the joys and how things articulate. Mm -hmm. Um, the climax of the episode is, uh, Louis watching this kid who takes a bath and then diarrhea is in the bathtub. (laughs) And then just matter of fact says it, just like, I diarrhea in the bathtub. And Louis just being like, what do I do? (laughs) Like, how do you solve that problem? Um, and he's pokey. He's 100% pokey. Like when you watch that episode, that is what you will think. Oh, God damn it. Okay. My, um, I, I'm, I'm recording right now. Um, just so you know, for legal purposes, but my laptop is ready to take a shit and die. I think. Ah, so, um, that's, I think it might be a hard drive thing. I've got everything backed up, so it's not a problem, but, uh, I need to reinstall the OS and, that's just a big pain in the ass. Okay. So, I am recording. Awesome. So awesome. I don't know why it didn't give me the, the disclaimer, but for for legal reasons. For for, for legal I, reasons, you are recording me. Okay. I am recording you. I'm recording this conversation. Do you know what I'm drinking right now? No. A Sioux City Sasquatch. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> No, no I, I've had that before. Yeah. Um Midwest. That stuff's tasty. Mm. It's a refreshing mm. drink. It's the summer shandy of sodas. <laughs> I was at Jungle Gyms earlier today. And I saw <laughs> Sioux City sarsaparilla. I was like, "Oh, I love sarsaparilla." It's like, "Oh, Sioux City. That's uh, that's that that that's the brand that was referenced in the Big Lebowski." Yeah, that's yeah, fine sarsaparilla. And so I, yes. I got I got a couple bottles of it. Awesome. Yep, yep, yep. Not irradiated at all. No, <laughs> not, not at all. Yeah, yeah. How was uh, how was Jungle Gym doing? Oh, he's doing fine. Still, still, still fucking nuts. Um, yeah. <laughs> still dressing up like a wizard and all of that. But mm, they had a good, good God. They had strawberries on sale. I was like, oh hell yeah! So yeah, yeah. Who knows where where he conjures strawberries from? Yeah, it's, they they taste okay. They're pretty big though. Yeah, they have faces. 
Why? Why? Oh man! Yeah. So, 